You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Jason Gillespie, Director of Continuous Improvement for DHL Supply Chain. transportation landscape has no doubt changed to respond to COVID-19, but with digitalization trends now seeing more implementation, it's more apt to say that transportation continues to evolve to adapt to the times. Jason Gillespie, Director of Continuous Improvement for DHL Supply Chain, shares some of his insights on what trends your business should keep an eye on to maintain a healthy supply chain and improve visibility for your customers. Joining me today is Jason Gillespie, Director of Continuous Improvement for DHL Supply Chain. Jason, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. Hey, happy to be here. Happy to have you. Before we get uh, into anything, how are you holding up with everything that's going on? Doing all right. You know, this whole working from home thing obviously was an adjustment for all of us, but I think it's... uh, as we'll talk about a little bit later, I think it's actually shown some of the uh, efforts that we've done have paid off to really enable us to be able to do that as well as we have. So Good to hear. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, introduce you to our audience. If you could take us through a little bit about uh, your background in the industry and what uh, your role currently is with DHL Supply Chain. Yeah, sure. So my current role, I'm Director of Continuous Improvement Innovations with DHL Supply Chain, uh, focusing on transportation in North America. Uh, my background, I've been through anything from dispatching truck drivers, I've, I've done solution design, uh, engineering kind of work, and I've run uh, uh, control tower operations in my past. Now, uh, we're talking about transportation today. What is the biggest trend that you're seeing right now? And has the whole transportation landscape kind of changed uh, in light of everything that's been happening? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'll, I'll touch on that first. I think it has changed. Um, you know, we're seeing things start to get back to a little bit of, of normal or something like normal, uh, which is good. You know, I think seeing what happened with COVID-19 and obviously, as I touched on already with everyone having to shift from home and then the disruption to the industry, I think it's really shown uh, that the trends were we were following and we were pursuing were the right ones because, you know, the, the search for more automation, better business intelligence, and all of those things have really made us better able to kind of handle the, the surprise and the disruption that we're all going through right now. So I think those trends will continue, um, you know, especially around when we're talking technology and innovation, because, you know, those without the things we've done in the last four or five years, I don't know that we could have handled it as well as we did today. We could have handled it, but it would would have been much more through heroics and just, you know, sheer blood, sweat and tears to get there versus, you know, I think the way we've been able to handle it. Right, right. Now, when you're talking about technology and uh, dealing with transportation, is having a transportation management system enough? You know, and it, it's critical. Um, I, I probably I use an analogy, and I may overuse it at this point, but I like it, so I'm going to keep going with it. But, you know, really the TMS to me is the engine. Um, it, it does a lot of the heavy lifting. It does a lot of the work. But if we're going to keep with the car analogy, you know, it's not the whole car. And if you go out and just buy an engine, you're not going to get very far, Right. So it's, it's really putting all those components together and, you know, things like we do with my supply chain, other vendors we work with, you know, so we do some proprietary development. We work with other vendors who have best in class products for visibility solutions, for other things to really, to really build that comprehensive solution that you just don't get with only a TMS. And I, and I think it's safe to say that it, that, you know, there isn't really a TMS that we've seen out there 
that can do the whole thing, right? So the whole visibility package, the whole extra layers that we put around a TMS to really get a complete solution, not to mention our people, you know, then the control towers who have the expertise around all these systems and how they work together. So I think to, 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 it's a long answer to your question. No, I don't think a TMS is enough. You know, we see those areas like I touched on with visibility and things like that, that, you know, carrier partnership and, you know, having that strategic relationship with your carriers is, is, is critical or having an API solution with a four kites or project 44 or, or so forth won't get you very far, even if you do turn those on in addition to a TMS. So we think it's, it's all the people, the process and technology that really have to work together and, and make it all happen. Okay. Looking at that people, processes, and technology component then, uh, when you hear about potential innovations in any one of those areas, how do you determine then if it's going to have value for your customers? Right. It's a good question. I mean, you know, there's a lot out there, and a lot of times when we're talking to our customers, they will ask us about certain technology they've heard or a certain vendor who's been calling them or they saw, you know, or they listened to one of these, uh, you know, to a podcast or read an article, and there's just so much out there right now. And what's really good about being with DHL and our scale and our global reach is that we, you know, have enough people and enough resources that we're looking at all of it. I sit on multiple different regional and global review boards where we go through a lot of the different emerging technologies and we, we have an innovation funnel. And you have to look at everything and say, okay, we're going to keep an eye on everything from, you know, automated uh, autonomous vehicles to drones, to, uh, you know, blockchain type, um, you know, systems, but what's, what's deployable, what's real. And then, so we, we bring it down through that funnel and through a review process, we will decide, Hey, do we want to do a proof of concept? Do we want to do a pilot? Do we want to, you know, deploy this and, 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 you know, scale it globally uh, because we've now proven that it is a, it is a working solution. And I can even give you a, a recent example where we've looked out there and with everything going on, we said, we actually see a need that we're not seeing filled in the market. And so we work with our data science teams to build a solution. So we build a product called D3TO, which is a internal proprietary tool that looks at big data analysis for, for networks. And we're able to kind of rapidly take um, a large data set from a customer and in a couple days' time, do what would have taken weeks of, of expert engineers in the past to do with multiple different software tools. So things like that where we look out and say, hey, you know, there's a lot out there, but we, we recognize a need that we're not seeing filled in the market. And how do we fill that need? So it's a combination of all those things. One of the things that we've been hearing about lately at Inbound Logistics is uh, robotic process automation. What are some of the benefits that people are uh, expecting to see from uh, RPA, and uh, what about at DHL? Are you seeing results with with your own implementation of that? Yeah, we absolutely are. So, um, I mean, I think what people are looking for is they want to, and really the right way to look at it is you want to take away what would normally be considered busy work, tedious work, repetitive tasks that you know um, very often. Um, you know, someone might try to work in between their, their regular job or between phone calls or you're putting it off until the end of the day. And that could be anything from back office activity, like within financial reporting or having, you know, different systems kind of double check each other's work. 
Um, but the way we use and the real impact we've seen is that, you know, through, through operational RPA, we are able to automate um, some of that busy work that would have fallen on our professional staff. Um, so people who were working, who, who do work in our control towers and, you know, need to do um, appointment setting for different carriers and, and customers, um, collecting proof of delivery if there's not an easy way to do it through an EDI or API solution, mass order loading, and even some light planning tasks we've been able to automate. So really, anytime you have software and, and you know, kind of what people will call um, swivel chair solutions where I have to log into one system and log out and log into another system or use a spreadsheet to talk between the two, all that can be automated. And we're seeing a lot of success and have offset many thousands, tens of thousands of hours of, uh, of manual, you know, people time, valuable time that these people need for other better tasks. So then we're more scalable, we're more efficient and really driving better value to our customers because having been in that, you know, role in my past, you know, I can tell you, you know, as much fun as it is to throw on your headphones and grind away at some data for a couple of hours, it's just not value-added work, right? <laughs> it's, it's easy, and it's sure. something that you don't mind doing, but it's, it's not where the value is to the customer. Anytime people start talking about robots and automation, AI inevitably gets brought up. Is RPA the same thing as AI? No, it isn't, and I, and I usually consider it is like a stepping stone to get there. So when I, when I talk about this, I talk about the full digitalization of the work, right? And when you say digitization, you're talking, you know, hey, have we went from paper to electronic? So are we on Excel spreadsheets versus are we, you know, PDFs? Okay, that's one step. Now we're talking automation and digitalization. So now that I've got all this digital data, um, you know, an RPA does a nice job of filling the gaps, like I said, where you can't automate it if a person needs to sit in between multiple systems and make them talk to each other. If you close that gap with RPA, um, which you can, then you can bolt on a potential artificial intelligence solution that will, you know, take you a step further. And, and now sometimes people will bring up machine learning and artificial intelligence almost in the same breath. And I'm going to go ahead and do it just now, but to explain myself. <laughs> but um, the difference is that machine learning is, is, I think, critical to a good artificial intelligence because you want that, you know, you want that solution to self-teach just like we teach ourselves. And when we make mistakes, we learn from them. Or when we get something right, we learn from it. And you can have, you know, where it's totally self-taught and nobody looks at it, or you have engineers that are massaging it and making sure it's learning the right lessons. And, you know, autonomous vehicles and other solutions out there use that element of machine learning. And then you get into AI. And AI is where now I'm trusting the software to make decisions for me. I'm trusting it to to act on my behalf. And I've another analogy I've used here is if, you know, I see artificial intelligence as kind of the college graduate. They're ready to go to work and go out on their own, where RPA is more like in middle school. Um, if you give them very discreet and explicit instructions, yeah, they, they can go cook their own scrambled eggs, right? But <laughs> you, know, you may not want them deciding what's for dinner for Thanksgiving yet. So it's just that... <laughs> that level of autonomy that you want to give to the, the, the software solution. Okay. Now, with all of that data, how does that provide end-to-end -end visibility for your customers? Yeah, you know, and, and really, like I touched on, you, you need the, the execution around it, and you need the reliability of the data. And so 
when I talk to anyone about this, I can't stress enough the, the importance of, of closing those blind spots, getting the right information in the system. So let's say, for example, I've executed a shipment and I've arrived at the uh, distribution center and I get an EDI or an API report saying that I've arrived but maybe there's some geofencing um, information that disagrees with that message. So one is triggered by the driver, the other one is triggered by the uh, GPS. Do they say the same thing? Um, did I get anything, right? Do I need to go looking for that event data? And so those are the kinds of exceptions that we you know, look for in our control tower to make sure that all that data is first and foremost there and reliable. And then once it's there and reliable, um, you know. You know, I think using, working, like I said, with our carrier partners, working with our customers, and then working with best-in-class technology solutions, you can kind of get all that to say, here's the best version of the truth, and then now I'm able to fully digitalize and, and close those blind spots for our customers. And I, I just think that's really critical that, you know, any one of these solutions, any one of these platforms by himself isn't going to do all of that. And, and even along those lines, if you were to go buy all these solutions and go try to implement them all on your own, you could. Um, we've built middleware in between all that to digest all of that information because it's so much. You know, so any one of these API providers can give you tens of thousands of updates um, you know, per day across thousands of shipments. Do you need all of that in the system or do you need to triage some of that data, park some of it for when you need it? Others of it go right into the TMS for execution, and some of it only goes into visibility for our customers. So how do you best digest all that information, display it back to your customers and your carriers and everyone that you work with so that we're all seeing what we need to see when we need to see it? And I think that's really the critical part for when we talk about end-to-end -end visibility. So the, you know, a lot of that work, and I said a lot there, but a lot of that work is what you know, we do continuously in the background to make sure that from operationally, through our technology solutions and through our processes that that's the, you know, giving that best version, that best look into the um, activity for our customers. All right. Uh, speaking of seeing things, you've uh, identified a few uh, digitalization trends in transportation today. Uh, if you look down the road a little bit, what kind of trends do you think are in the horizon for the next few years? Yeah, and like I said, we're, we're looking at a lot. Um, I guess I'll pick a few that I really think are of the most interest. I think, as I touched on, you know, we do think there's some good use cases for machine learning and artificial intelligence. You know, we've got initiatives right now to use machine learning to help us better articulate cost and capacity and how the market might drive that cost and capacity for our customers. So if we want to go out to the market and do a bid event, you know, do we have the right data to back up? It's the right time to do that bid event. Now, all the machine learning in the world would not have predicted uh, COVID-19, but we will learn from COVID-19 and we will learn from, okay, if there's a major disruption to the network, what might that look like? If it's a global disruption versus a regional uh, disruption or even a lane disruption. So I think you take all that and then you say, okay, well, where can artificial intelligence now be layered on top and start to make tactical decisions if we get this information? So let's say I now have a data source that tells me that my shipment next week is going to drive through the desert and it's going to be 120 degrees in the desert. And I've got critical life science components on that vehicle. Well, do I need to put everything on a refrigerator truck to be safe? 
or can I use you know, best-in-class solutions like AI or machine learning tools to tell me, no, it's okay to go ahead and actually reroute that vehicle to a different hub or, yeah, go ahead and put it on the refrigerated vehicle. You know, that's the kind of thing that people have to decide today. And I think you could get to where AI or, or additional um, software could be built on top of our existing technology to make those decisions. So that's one. You can look at things like blockchain where, you know, really blockchain at its core is just a kind of self-regulated ledger and then everyone's got the same version of the truth. And so I think there's some cool applications that you could do there uh, to really give us all the same visibility to the same data. So we've got some other use cases across DHL where we're looking at that. Autonomous vehicles, we're always looking. I think there's a lot that needs to happen to really make it deployable within operations because we don't want to disrupt what we do today. But there's, you know, uh, I think the regulations are getting there where the states are starting to, you know, get more comfortable with the with the solution. The technology is very impressive, you know, and, I, and I've personally seen some of the technology and I've not been on the vehicle, but I sat in the vehicle behind the vehicle and watched it, how it made its decisions, how it decided when to merge in and out of traffic, when it knew it was a safe thing to do versus the not safe thing to do. And, and I can say that, you know, my observation is that those, those autonomous vehicles are acting like some of our best seasoned and safest drivers for what we've seen. So that's really encouraging to know that the technology is getting very close to where we're comfortable with it. And then it's just a matter of, you know, getting the regulatory um, positions of all the states in line or maybe a federal act to, to make us all talk, you know, get on the same page. So I think those are some really cool ones. You know, I could talk all day about, you know, what we do with business intelligence and, and those kinds of things. But I think for some real big things on the horizon that we're all talking about, those certainly represent that. That's great. A lot of interesting information there. Some uh, interesting times ahead, it sounds like. Uh, where can our audience go to find out more uh, of your insights? Yeah, so great question. We've got a new podcast. Uh, it's called All Business and No Boundaries. I did confirm you can stream it um, just about any place that you can get podcasts. So I think there's uh, an episode or two of that out there, and I encourage you to go there to check out more. Excellent. Jason Gillespie, thank you so much for talking with us today. Uh, stay safe uh, and stay healthy, and uh, best of luck to DHL. All right. Thanks. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Jeff. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.